When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody. Steve Politi from NJ Events Media, joined by Keith Sargent, James Cratch for the six-year build podcast i'm trying that one out see how, <laughs> see, see how that one works uh coming off the buffalo loss 42 13 defeat and i got a, just a quick story to, to, to tell you guys here as we get started so you as you know i left the stadium went straight to the airport flew to houston for the giants game and i get to i get to houston i get to the hotel it's after midnight and i just wanted to like decompress so what do you do of course you put on the you put on the highlights and i put on the college football highlights and i see you know, this dramatic Stanford comeback against Oregon. You know, I see Army of all teams, Army going into Oklahoma and, and taking Oklahoma to o- overtime. And I see this dramatic Old Dominion game against Virginia Tech with, you know, where Old Dominion somehow beats Virginia Tech and the fans storm the field and the players are filled with joy and the coach is crying and talking about how it's, you know, the third best thing that's ever happened to him after getting married and the birth of his children. And the, the the broader point is this that I had to I had to turn it off because it was making me legitimately sad because you know look where we are we're st- we're stuck here just when the season is supposed to be getting good in college football teams one and three battling toward one and eleven I mean just misery controversies I just I just feel bad for the players for the fans for for us I feel bad for you Sarge even for you. <laughs> That's how, um, that's how bad I feel. <laughs> yeah, can you hold on one second? I'm trying to update my LinkedIn uh, resume to, to try to <laughs> see if long, I can cover another beat. I mean, uh, it's a little. I mean, you just pretty much described my life. I mean, I've been covering this since 2001. It's been one rebuild after another, and one quarterback controversy after another. It's just thanks for depressing me. I appreciate it. I can't yeah. wait to see where this po- podcast goes. Right. Yeah. This is really we're off to a great start. This is you know this is like terms of endearment for podcasts here. It's really it's really cheery. <laughs> Really cheery thing. That, that's a great oh, name. Oh. That could be a good name for a new podcast. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, you know, as you guys know, um, you know, little inside baseball. Since I got on the beat, I, I've got a new apartment in New Brunswick, and I had a box, and I was walking by it, and there, on the top of the box was um, I haven't unpacked yet. Was the the sport cover from the state newspaper in Columbia on October tenth, twenty ten, which is the day after. South Carolina upset Alabama when I was a junior in college. And I remember that day being on the field for like the final four minutes. You felt like you were at the center of the college football universe. 
Right. And then to be at Buffalo Rutgers this past Saturday. That was not – that is a little that bit further. Exact that's opposite. a further constellation in the college football universe. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yes. I don't know. It's just it just seems really grim. And you all right, so you guys were there. I didn't get to the press conference today. You you know, you listen into Chris Ash. I mean, does he have I mean, does he have answers? Does he have any I mean what what is the mood of, of the head coach? I thought he you know, he was very he opened his press conference by apologizing to the fans, saying that he understands their frustration. But at the same time, I, I don't really think there's much he can say you know, beyond what he said in the past, you know, it's a process, they're rebuilding, they have to play better, they're young, but the thing is, this fan base does not want to hear that anymore, and until they get better on the field, it's just not going to get much better. Right. I got got to tell you, too, it's almost like, you know, Chris Ash could not have gone uh, followed in, in the footsteps of Kyle Flood and said, want to know, or uh, ever uttered the phrase, want to know, you know, or, or any of the Kyle Flood-isms that irritated the fan base. The it's a process line, which he's, he's <laughs> used a couple times. Uh, Steve, you remember. I mean, uh, Graciano in year two, year three, year four was killed. I mean, a fan base, it, it made people want to vomit in their mouths every time they, 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 they heard it. I mean, uh, look, he's going to talk about uh, – he's already talking about being young, you know, all the first and second-year players. And you know, by the way, that's something that Greg used to say too. Greg used to say it's a young team every year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not to interrupt, but that was another thing, another Gregism. No, but all that's well and good. But when you look, Graciano had some stinkers. I mean, you know, you remember yeah. some of those games early on: New Hampshire, Buffalo, yeah. UConn. The difference in those games, though, Steve, is they those games were close. You know, Rutgers, you know, got their doors blown off against Buffalo. They, you know, got blown out against Kansas, where. You you can't go into the press conference. You can't go two days later and say, "Well, we're not that far off." Another thing that Chris Ash said today: "We're not that far off." Well, yeah, you are. You know, when you when you're, you're down 30, when you're down thirty five six at halftime to, to to Buffalo, a MAC level team, you are far off. And right, you know, it's right. really hard to to, uh, to to use that as a process and we're a young line when 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 you're not even competitive in these games. Yep, and Cratch, you made a great point in your film review. Uh, just to, you know. Buffalo, Buffalo called off the dogs. I mean, <laughs> like they going into halftime. They were like, oh, let's just, let's just run this out here. And in the second half, this was not the, not the same aggressive team they were in the first half. That could have been uglier. Yeah, and I think that gets back to one. I think it was one of the more, uh, maybe one of the flashpoints of the press conference is I asked Chris Ash because, look, fans are wondering it. You know, they give up all these big plays on the field. They have all this outsized noise. I asked him straight up. Has this team given up? Uh, have they quit on the coaching staff? Have they quit on the season? He yes. was adamant that they haven't, and he pointed to their defensive effort in the second half against Buffalo. They gave up, I, I think, 376 yards of offense in the first half and 69 in the second half. He pointed to that, and I asked him, you know, do you think that Buffalo attacked you on defense in the second half the same way they did in the first half? He said yes. I don't. 100% agree with him. I thought Buffalo uh, was basically just trying to get out of there, you know, with the game in hand. I did not think they were pushing, you know, the, the ball in the same way that they were uh, in the first half. But that's what he stuck with. It was a better defensive effort in the second half, but I think Buffalo had a lot to do that well. And I, and I tweeted that as I was watching the game back on Sunday that I thought, you know, it was kind of remarkable restraint for a Buffalo team that, hey, they're 4-0. 
they're getting votes in the AP top 25. They probably are think believe that they're going to go undefeated, win the MAC, and potentially be in a position like Western Michigan was a couple of years ago to get to the Cotton Bowl or the Orange Bowl as that Group of Five representative. And I, I several like high-ranking Buffalo athletic department officials and a member, one of the coaches' wives liked the tweet. So like, clearly, they think. <laughs> why is, they why are high-ranking members of the Buffalo administration following you on Twitter? I like. That. I don't know. If, right? I don't know if they were liking it because I was saying, "Hey, this team could go to a New Year's Six Bowl," Look, or they were liking it because I was pointing out that they called off the dogs. Either way, I think they called. See, I don't know why you had to ask that question. I mean, clearly that that film review has has made it worldwide now. <laughs> Of course, that's a great point, Sarge. I forgot the reach, the reach of uh, journalism like that. It could really tra- it goes. There are no boundaries for that thing. Uh, all right. So, speaking of the film review, you made another great point that the problems do not seem solvable. I mean, where? So, I mean, now what? We got Indiana. We got seventeen and a half point underdogs. I mean, what? What can they fix? Can it get better? I mean, what? What are we looking at here? Well, it's going to start with the quarterback uh, thing, and uh, once again. Chris Ash for the secondary week uh, was noncommittal. Um, right off the bat, and it's funny, you, you can watch the video later, but right off the bat, Chris Ash said, we're not going to talk about the quarterback. So, of course, I follow up by, by uh, following up another question, and you tried to be as adamant as possible, we're not going to talk about the quarterback. So then I, I, I threw it at him. I said, well, if you do go with Geo, and it, uh, <laughs> look, I, I like Geo, you like Geo. I think you wrote a column endorsing Geo for, for, for the uh, – starting job going forward. So it's nothing against Geo, but I will say this. The pass offense was 125th nationally a year ago. Geo played eight games. He, he, he completed 45% of his passes in those eight, eight, eight games last, or seven games uh, last year. He averaged 70 yards per, passing yards per game. What makes you think that the passing offense will be any better with Geo if you go Geo in, instead of Art? And to his credit, uh, Ash, you know, answered the question and said it's a great point, and that's part of the evaluation. So until we know who the starting quarterback is, I don't really know, you know, what this team is going to be, what this offense is going to be, because, you know, if they do go back to Geo, you would think that they're going to try to, you know, manage the game and, and try to play conservative. Um, so as of now, you know, it's Monday now. I, I think we're going to see in, uh, another week in which, you know, Chris Ash plays coy with the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I did write that they should go with Geo just because I, I think it's in the program really is in a crisis situation where they need to. And I know it sounds crazy, but what, what is one win going to matter? I think it's going to matter a lot. I think they have to show something. And you've got this experienced quarterback who has rallied them before, who the team believes in, who's a captain, who's a leader, who won Big Ten games, who's got experience. And, you know, I mean, I know Sikowski did not lose, lose the game for them last week by any stretch of the imagination. But he did. I mean, he did impact what happened against Kansas. He's prone to mistakes. And, you know, I don't know, is it really helping his development? Crash, you, you, you disagree with this point. So you, oh, you, yeah. you, you give me the other side of this. Well, I mean, just to start with, you know, Sartre said, you know, if they go back to Geo, he, you know, presume they're going to play conservative. I, I mean, for what? Like last year, they had a good defense. They don't have that this year. So it's great. You can go out there and you can play conservative and, and not turn the football over and try to run the ball. And I think it's still going to be 28 to six at halftime or 35 to six. Cause in a way, that's what they did on Saturday against Buffalo. And John McNulty even said this. They came out. It was almost like they wanted to start art at quarterback, but not really let him play. So they 
a lot of short passes, a lot of handoffs, and then with you know four minutes to go, five minutes to go for halftime, they yank him because it's twenty eight six, and Chris Ash says he wants to see something different. But Art didn't really do anything, as you said, Steve, to impact the game on Saturday. You know, if anything, if they don't jump off sides on that wildcat play on fourth and one, maybe that scores. Okay, so now Art, you know, Sikowski could have easily had two touchdown drives. And the game could have been 28-14. Are you going to are you going to pull him at that point? I just thought the way they kind of stuck with him after the Kansas game, which I agreed with, then he goes out there and shows improvement, shows progress, makes better decisions with the football. The defense gets gashed, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, we got to do something different. I mean, Art Geo, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is if the defense is going to give up. 50 yard plays every other series. Right. Uh, they, 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 they haven't been, uh, Steve, they have not been able to complete like a, a, an ordinary screen play. Cratch, um, in his film review, the infamous film review, had a great point. He had, had a photo of this uh, play in which the, the ball hits the offensive lineman's, uh, the back of his helmet. And the pass was intended for Blackshear. If Blackshear makes that catch, He's probably ro- running for a 30-yard game. That's not the, the offensive coordinator's fault. That's execution. And again, I, I like Geo. Geo threw that pass. I mean, you know, you, you can't tell me that the offense is going to be that much better with, with, with Geo. I get that, you know, he's rallied the team in, in the past. We're not talking about to- uh, 2017, the team that, that had a pretty good defense and you could manage the game and, and – and win that way. I still think you're going to need to score some points. And, and I think Cratch is right. I think, you know, you're blaming Art for, for you know, failures of a fourth and one, one of your better offensive linemen in Jonah Jackson jumps off a false start and then you have to settle for a field goal. I think Art is taking too much. Of, I think he took too much of the blame this past week. Uh, cool. I mean, I don't think the offense would be much better with Tom Brady. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know if it matters at all. No, they, but they, I, they don't I have just, skill players. They don't have a line. They, they, can't, they can't block. They can't sit there and say, well, we, this is how we won three big t- 10 games last year because the biggest factor in that whole equation is gone. The defense is, it's bad. Like it's, it's very, very bad. What happened? What, what, I mean, what, how do they keep on giving up these big plays? I understand. Right. You knew the defensive line wasn't going to be good. Losing bless Austin was, it was a big blow, but I mean, you know, you got a guy like Isaiah Wharton senior, he, he gets feet in coverage. You got, you know, just the, the entire secondary and that one touchdown to Buffalo. I mean, I don't know what what were they doing. I have like I have no idea. Like I, I watched the clip and I'm like, where? Who was supposed to be where? It's just what happened to this defense. Yeah, that's a great question. I think um I think it's it's some in, you know it, it's it's injuries. I mean, obviously, bless Austin would have been a key player back there. I guess you can say depth. Although I think that you have to be very careful if you're. Chris Ash and the coaching staff blaming depth because when you had the, the, the situation with the credit card fraud allegations in the summer, you kind of downplayed that. Now you can't at one and three and in crisis suddenly retroactively say that's been crusher. I, they've had injuries elsewhere. I mean, I think one of the biggest issues this team has is they get no consistent pass rush. And we can pick and choose, you know, play cut-ups here and there where they got pressure and they force a throwaway or whatever. But let's go to the, the, the first touchdown. I mean, I, Isaiah Wharton's one-on-one with Anthony, Anthony Johnson. That's not a great matchup. Yes, no. Isaiah Wharton, a fourth-year starter, has to do a little bit better. But Anthony Johnson's going to be a first-round pick in, in, in the draft in a couple of months. 
And when there's no pass rush and there's no safety help, what do you think's going to happen? You know, sometimes it's it's bad tackling. You know, the, every week they don't tackle well, and then the, the coaching staff tries to claim that the tackling's not that bad, except for isolated incidents. But it's those isolated incidents that 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 kill you. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like uh, Steve when you were in Houston. I was, you know, like if you have a left tackle or a right tackle who's struggling and he gets killed on three out of sixty plays, well, those three plays destroy the game. Yep. So it, you know, it just. There's so many issues with this defense, and I think it comes back to the fact that if you play Geo on Saturday against Indiana, and I think there's a very good chance they're going to do that as we tape this on a Monday, I think you might get in a situation where it's 28 to 7 at halftime, and now they're like, well, we got to put Art in because we got to take shots down the field, and he's our guy to take shots down the field. And then once again, like, what have you accomplished with all this quarterback indecision? Really, not much, but it's clearly going to be the answer. All right, here's, here's a question I have for you that I've gotten from a ton of readers. People want to know, where is Pat Hobbs? I mean, is, you know, this is Hobbs went on Twitter to defend, to, to defend Chris Ash against one of the silly lists that we all do on CBS Sportsline, put him on the hot seat. You know, now he kind of is on the hot, I mean, not on the hot seat necessarily lose his job, but he certainly is taking heat from people. Uh, is it up to is it up to the athletic director to say something here? I mean, what do you think, Sarge? Uh, yeah, I mean, I did talk to him, um, and uh, he didn't want to talk uh, publicly, which is his right. I don't think he's ready to do that. Um, the the one thing um, that I, the sense I got from him is he, you know, he understands the frustration, and I don't think he, uh, you know, I I think the word that he one of the words that he, you know he he, he uh, uttered was unacceptable. So I mean, I think you know that that uh, that's. Clearly, you know, he was not pleased by the result. I, I found it fascinating that after the game, uh, it's just the little things that you notice. So, you know, the, the, the team, you know, d- does their thing and they're walking off the field or they're walking toward the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the, band, the, the, the alma mater. And Pat Hobbs is walks there to, to the place first and he's looking around, scanning like the, the stands and he sees like how empty the stands were. I mean, there had to have been, what? Yeah. 8,000 fans that, yeah, at the end of the game, maybe 5,000 fans. And he noticed it, you know, he let it soak in. So it's not like he doesn't notice it. I just don't think, you know, he, he, it goes back to what he told me uh, a week ago too. He's not making any evaluations during the season. So any, any evaluation that he's going to make, it'll be at, at the end of the year. Um, and at this point, I don't think he really wants a statement out there that, that's going to, you know, publicly endorse him one way or the other. Wow. All right. I think the the thing with Pat too is ninety percent of the fan base, unless he comes out and says that he's, you know, made a change in in this personnel, they're not gonna be satisfied with what his message is. Right. There's nothing. He's obviously say. not doing that, so what what else is he gonna do? Say. Look, I mean I I, Great I, point. I, I I still think too, and and it goes back to what do we know about Pat Hobbs is like the, the, the his coaching maneuver you know, anytime he's made a change, it's more often than not it's been um, the he he let the contract uh, run out, you know, w- w- whether it was gymnastics or softball, you know, he's letting the contract run out. You know, Chris Ashill has five years. It goes back to the nine point yeah. eight million. Uh, we'll we'll have plenty of time between now and the end of the year if they do go one and eleven. You know, we'll we'll I'm I'm pretty sure we'll get a sense of it come early November. You know, which way this is headed, but. Right now, you know, nothing changed from last week. I mean, there's 9.8 million reasons why, why he's, he's, Chris Ash is going to be here for the long term. And that makes a great transition into true or false. <laughs> I've caught, and I'm going to put this one here. I'm going to, I'm going to do the true or false. 
this is going to be a, a weekly staple on the true or false. So you, you know it's coming for the first true or false. You'll, you'll know it's going to come next week and every week of this podcast. True or false, if Rutgers goes 1-11, Chris Ash will be fired. Has anything changed to change your answer? True or false, Sarge? False. False. Cratch? False. False. <clears throat> True or false, Chris Ash is right. The team hasn't quit on the coaches. Whew. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'll say true for now, but I, I think, you know, they need to sh- they need to show a lot more on Saturday against Indiana because I don't think Indiana's calling the dogs off in the second half the way Buffalo did. So I'm, I'm like that person in, in class. I'm just going to uh, cheat off Cratch's answer and say true, but I, I feel the same way. I, I, I think we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll really know it uh, come, you know, 3 o'clock on, on, on Saturday. There's a difference between, between quit, quitting and sucking. Uh, true <laughs> or false, redshirt, redshirting Sikowski makes sense given the way this season has gone. False. 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 True or false, Ash should give Jonathan Lewis a shot at quarterback. True. False. Well, what do you got to lose? But I mean, I, I hear you. Uh, maybe not starting it, but I would I'd put them out there. I mean, well, uh, why not? Uh, uh, true I, or false? I, Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, can I just answer? I know we we normally get back, circle back. I don't want to. I know it's only true yeah. or false, but um, I'll say this. Okay, we we I've been covering this way too long, and I know that Jonathan Lewis, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, he's the, the fancy recruit. They build him as like the quarterback of the future. Last year, he played some games. He completed thirty five percent of his passes. He got beat out by two other quarterbacks in training camp. You know, we don't spend all this time talking about um, guys like Trey Sneed, who, who, you know, a couple of years ago was a Valley Hood running back recruit, and now he's nowhere near, you know, the top of the and, and no nowhere near to be found. We don't talk about Tyler Hayek, who was the most, uh, you know, highly touted of the one of the most highly touted guys of a wide receiver group two years ago. We don't talk about all these other guys who you know, had a big, a big offers or were, were, were supposed to big recruits and they're not playing. We're talking about Jonathan Lewis because, you know, he, he's a quarterback and everyone focuses on the quarterback. Bottom line, bottom line, he got beat out by two other quarterbacks in training camp. Bottom line, he completed 35% of his passes, you know, in, in the time that he, he got last year. Yeah, that's the bottom line. So I'm, I'm going to say false. I'm going to stick by it. I just don't think that we should see, you know, I think Sikowski or, or Gio. Wow. Okay. I, I can re- rebut, respond. Not really. <laughs> you do it. Rebut. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you, Sarge, 100%. And look, I think Ash, he's, he was asked about it today. He was asked about it last week. He's not going to come out and say it, but he's clearly signaling the message that they don't think he is good, good enough compared to Geo and Art. 100% understand that. But I think there's a couple issues here. He is a quarterback. He's a Jersey kid. He's much ballyhooed. He comes from one of those top parochial programs that Rutgers fans think that, you know, the key, the key to, you know, the kingdom is to get kids from those programs. But I think the other thing is what I go back to this. He played a little bit last year, didn't do so great, but he had some flashes. Rutgers, and it's not, I'm trying to relitigate their, their, their preseason media policy. They had one scrimmage open to the public during training camp. True. And that was a day where Jonathan Lewis went three for three and completed two nice deep balls. So that is the only glimpse the fan base got of him. And as they said, through the spring and through the summer, he's making strides. 
I know it was very small sample size, but that's what people saw. They came out to the ballpark to see the team on Fan Appreciation Day. They saw him look really good, and I think that's why they want to see that. I'm, I'm that not blaming said, the, Go ahead. I'm not blaming the fans. I'm not blaming the fans in any way. I don't blame them for wanting to see, see it and asking the question. I'm not blaming them. What, I, what, what I'm saying is sometimes you just have to trust. I don't trust the coaches, you know, most of the time is the reason why we ask questions. But, you know, if, you know, two offensive coordinators in a row have, have, have said, you know, Jonathan Lewis is not good enough to start. It wasn't just John McNulty. Jerry Kill made, made that assessment as well. Two offensive coordinators in a row. Then I, I'm just going to, you know, believe that, that he's the third best quarterback on the roster right now. No, I understand that, and, and I don't know if he necessarily needs to start, but I do think, especially if you're going to be losing, if you're going to be get blown out every week, at some point you got to put the kid in in the second half and give him a chance. And look, if if he flops, then the whole world sees that, and, they, and fans stop asking the questions. But at some point, I mean, what do you have to lose? This, you know, it's garbage time. Like you need to develop players. And look, he's in line potentially to be the backup quarterback next year if. You know, he stays and Art's you know, here and Geo graduates. So I think at this point it's about development and this, you know, what do you got to lose? Like put him in a situation. doesn't have to be a start, but he should play in the second half at some point if every week is going to be a blowout that's over by halftime. I'm with – I'm tie-breaking vote with, with Cratch on that one. Uh, absolutely. Just give, give him a shot. Eventually it doesn't have to be more than a few series or something, but if you're going to be down 40 to nothing again against Indiana, why not? All right, true or false? Rutgers will be a double-digit underdog in the rest of its games. False. False? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like a nine-point game. Yeah. Uh, nine, and half, nine and a half points against Illinois. I'll say false on, you know, on technicality. <laughs> All right. True or false? Penn State is going to stun Ohio State to prove it's the best Big Ten team. True. False. Wow. False. Why? I think that's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great uh, game. I'd like, to, I'd like to go to that game. Let's go to that game instead. What do you say? Uh, <laughs> true or false? Ash, Ash has players who could help this team now, but is wisely redshirting them. True or Ooh. false? Ooh. Are there players? Are there players that are being held out that could help the team, but for development purposes? I'm going to say false. 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 I don't think it's development purposes. I just think for some reason we like. Jalen Jordan, Zahir Lacewell, it's like we t- they talk about getting them in the game, and I think they have to get them in the game, but they don't do it each week for some reason. Yeah, I'll say right. false. True. That's, that's a bad sign. Uh, true or false, last week's podcast was our most listened to ever. I know, I know the answer here. True, true or false? True. Actually, no, it was the least downloaded ever. <laughs> People wow. have st- given up, even given up on us. All right, and finally, true or false? Wow. <laughs> That's a killer, man. We're screaming into an echo chamber. All right, true or false? We're all overreacting. True or false? <laughs> false. False. I think we're reacting. We're not overreacting. I got an email, and I will say, and this, this is the thing that's stunning to me about this. Like, even when, I mean, I, I, there are very few fans who are like, dude, it's year three. I mean, Rutgers, we, you know, we're developing a program. I finally got one from a guy who was like, I, I personally, when they hired Chris Ash, when they inherited this mess, I wrote off the first two years. I'm considering this his first year. He's got five more years to go. He's, you know, he's got to build a program. I knew, I knew this was good. The first email I've gotten from a reason, from a fan who, you know, kind of 
just taking the the long term view of this thing. So, I mean, so, so Mrs. Ash emails you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man ouch but you totally do you totally disagree you think that you think that it, uh that there is no there is I, no all i know is i sent out a tweet uh like maybe two hours before the press conference today and then, like it's sincere i was totally sincere you know fire away with some questions fans i mean you know i'll, I'll ask what i can you know and a lot of time that we have and the questions oh my goodness were were you know <laughs> have you have you put your house up for sale on Zillow yet? You know, have you have you put your? I mean, it's just unbelievable. There were some really really pointed. You know, most of which you know are you know ha, you know have you would you would you uh, settle? You know, rather than nine point eight million, would you settle for like a, a six pack of beer and uh, you know and a lottery ticket? I mean, these are the types of tweets that were just holy crow. Wow. Like, yeah. Right you know, the reservation. I go back to my experience in my previous beat. Like, you get to a point where it's like some fans, like anything short of like Sarge or myself taking our shoe off and like throwing it at people during a press conference, they're going to say, like, oh, that's too soft. <laughs> Which oddly, you did do to Ben McAdoo. He really didn't, you know, he caught it to do his credit. Is the one thing I remember that when you, when you hear, when you herald, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But, but no, I, I will that. say this though. To get back to you, what, uh, just one quick tangent. I was thinking about this the other day, and you guys would know more better because you were around it. Did last year kind of hurt them in the sense that they kind of maybe lucked into those three Big Ten wins, and maybe it was a little bit of fool's gold that kind of maybe made them think that they were farther along than they were, and this is kind of the the, the vicious, you know. Snap back of that, maybe if they no. go I, three I, and nine last I mean, year, maybe I, people I, I are a little know. bit more ready for this. They went four and eight. I, I mean, they yeah. they they went went two uh, two and ten year one. They doubled their win total to four. We're not talking about a team that you know defied the odds and went to a you know and went to the Orange Bowl. I mean, we you know they won okay. four no, and no, no, it's a yeah, fair question. Right. I'm, not, I'm not scoffing at the question. I'm just I mean, like, that. if they beat Eastern, Eastern Michigan, but don't beat Purdue, like, you know, it, you know and, it, and they lose, they win one, they only beat Illinois and are three and nine. I mean, maybe your people, maybe this wasn't as high, you know, maybe I, I people think weren't. There, I think there's a semblance of the fan base that would, would have expected um, either Kansas or Buffalo, because we talked about it during the, during the, you know, summer, that one of those two games could be a trap game. And, you know, but uh, so two and two. You know, wouldn't uh, have drawn this type of ire. One and three is just uh, about as unexpected as no one saw that coming. No one. No, 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 absolutely. All right. Indiana preview. Um, 41 nothing last year uh, in a game that lasted literally about 40 days and 40 nights um, with a with a lightning delay. And uh, uh, yeah, I look back on that when I die and go to hell, I'm going to show to end up in that press box in Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> and I'm going to be sitting there in front of my laptop, looking at, looking at the clock ticking on my reservation at, at St. Elmo's. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I'm going to go, folks. You know, that, that that's clear what it's going to be. All right. So who cries? Give me a little bit. What do we know about Indiana as a team? Obviously, they thought they're going to be better, and they thought they might have a chance to beat Michigan State. Of course, they didn't happen. Uh, what's what's the story with the Hoosiers? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'll be honest with you, I didn't get to my same intense pre you know pre podcast prep because the NCAA stat website, of course, crashed this morning. <laughs> but uh, they're three and one. 
they kind of had a quirky schedule. I mean, they started the season at FIU. They, they beat Virginia at home. Their defense is a lot better. They, they run the ball pretty well. Stevie Scott, you know, Morgan Ellison, their top tailback, has been suspended indefinitely for kind of undisclosed reasons all season. But they've kind of put this kid in who I believe was targeted by Rutgers as a defensive player. Um, you know, he was, a, I think he's a, from New York State. Uh, he went, you know, he's a running back. He's really running the ball well for Indiana. Uh, Peyton, you know, their quarterback, he's so-so. The defense is better. Uh, it's a it's a good team, but I think as you said, this past week against Michigan State, a lot of people thought, okay, this is like their statement. They've got the Spartans at home. You know, Michigan State's not off to the hottest start, obviously, and Michigan State really just kind of took it to them. The game was thirty five twenty one, but Indiana added two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, so Michigan State really kind of handled them. So I think it's again, Indiana is in that tier, that second tier of the Big Ten East. I think the problem for Rutgers is they thought they were in that tier, and now it looks like they've created a third tier. They've the created a third tier of the Big Ten. Yeah, oh we talked. We, 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 <laughs> there's the podcast name, the third tier Rutgers podcast. All right, yeah, go but, ahead, but no, we, we we talked about this as kind of hollow now, now. Now that they're one and three, and you know, no, no chance for a bowl probably. But um, they, you know, these are the types of games that they need to to win. You know, for the formula for Rutgers, you know, for at least for the next couple of years is going to be. Win, win their non-conference games and beat Indiana and beat Maryland, two teams that they've actually had, had you know, a moderate amount of success with. And, you know, so maybe if they if they're able to somehow, you know, pull off a stunning w- a win, who, which no one expects. But if they could do it, it would it would write the season for sure. Is there a chance? Uh, Are you I'm, telling me there's a chance? As from the chance? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you buy into what Chris Ash was saying, I'm not saying I buy into it. You know, he, he's talking about the, you know, the the number of mistakes. And, you know, again, not to harp on Jonah Jackson, really good kid, but jumping off false start, and, you know, in that, on that fourth and one where, where they had the wildcat in. These are the types of plays that you just can't ha- have happen. You know, can, can, you know, can they cut down on their mistakes? I guess there's a chance. I think they're going to have to play, you know, there's a formula, you know, not turn the ball over and, and you know, play, you know, play better defense. But, you know, again, this was a, uh, an Indiana team that, that beat Rutgers when they were pretty good, they beat a forty-one nothing last year. So I mean, it's it's yeah. a it's a tough one. I tough just style. go back to I, I I you know I did this on Sunday. List I said I'm going to list Rutgers strengths, and I wrote the best in the film review. And I, I listed the strengths, and I I just don't think that you line all those up and they provide a terribly realistic you know way to cobble together an upset victory. I mean. Yes, I guess Rutgers could win if they block a kick and return it for a touchdown. If Raheem Blackshear breaks a touchdown return, if they get lucky with a big play on offense, I mean, the, you know, Adam Corsack pins like five punts inside the five. I mean, they get four just, turnovers. Yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it just right. feels like they they don't have much to work their problems with right now, and that's why I, I just have a very hard time. You know, again, Vegas was right about Buffalo. Vegas lineup. Buffalo. <laughs> okay. Right. That yep. line opens up all of a sudden. Indiana was a 14 point favorite. They go up to 17 within like an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about right. All right. Do you want to make a score prediction or did we even have to bother? I'll say 49 7. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah. I, it's the first time I, I'm picking Indiana to, to beat Rutgers. Um, 
I, I'm, I don't know a final score. I think I, I think Indiana's gonna gonna win pretty big though. Probably twenty three touchdowns. Okay, Cratch. I will say Indiana wins forty one seventeen. Wow. Good another fun day in Piscataway. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back after the Indiana game to recap what happened in Piscataway. Steve Politi signing off for Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Thanks for listening.